Okay, we're back. Time to get into this news story live. Hard Talk Radio live in 4K. Fair use. Breaking news. Breaking news this morning. The search for this man, Jason Billingsley, is now over. The suspect in the murder of a young Baltimore Tech CEO was taken into custody overnight. The story has made national headlines, and we're breaking it all down for you this morning with live team coverage from Amy Kawada and Alexis Davila. And the police department is preparing to provide more information on this arrest later this morning. But we want to first get a check with Amy, who is breaking down what we know so far. Amy, good morning. Tim Cena, good morning. Well, after a two days on the run, sparking a statewide manhunt and leaving the community on edge, Jason Billingsley has been arrested. Our media partner, the Baltimore Banner, says that U.S. Marshals took him into custody last night just after 11 at his train station in Bowie. Billingsley, who was considered highly dangerous while on the run, had been wanted on a first degree murder arrest for the killing of 26 year old Pavel Lepere, CEO and Founder of EcoMap Technologies. Her body was found Monday morning at her apartment building in Mount Vernon and had signs of blunt force trauma. She had been reported missing. It's also worth noting officials say the apartment building was secured, but police have not yet released any information on how Billingsley got inside. The arrest brings to a close an unsettling few days as new and disturbing details continue to emerge about Billingsley. Investigators are now connecting the 32 year to an attempted murder, arson, and rape case last week in West Baltimore that left two people fighting for their lives. Baltimore police say Billingsley was a violent repeat offender with a lengthy record that includes first and second degree assault and attempted rape. He was also a registered sex offender. While Billingsley was still on the run, his mother Scarlett was among those urging him to turn himself in. I can't understand what happened that he would do something like that. And again, later this morning at 11, we're expected to hear from the... We need to check out if this uh, this person comes from a single-parent home. What's his psychological background? <clears throat> what went on with this person? That's what we got to find out. I don't believe she just doesn't know her son. Something happened. The acting police commissioner, the mayor, and city state's attorney as they announce the arrest of Jason Billingsley. And coming up in about a half hour from now at 5.30, we're hearing more from Jason Billingsley's mother and her apology to LaPere's family. For now, putting live this morning, I'm Amy Kawada for WJZ. Amy, thank you. And our team coverage continues this morning with Alexis Davila. Okay. But um, let's get into about this dude i mean there's more okay to find out about this uh details of this murder all right i'm going to read you the article here because uh can't show you it on uh on youtube Tech CEO and Black Lives Matter supporter killed and raped by an ex-convicted black man who was released early by a Soros-funded district attorney. 
self-proclaimed anti-racist and Black Lives Matter supporter, was allegedly beaten to death in our own apartment, in our own home in Baltimore on September 25th, Monday, by a previously imprisoned black male who is now roaming freely because a leftist district attorney released him on good time credits. Ecomac Technology CEO Pava Marie Lapierre, 26, who also spoke out against the criminalization of black bodies, was assaulted with apparent signs of blunt force trauma. Baltimore police said they found Lapierre around 11.30 a.m. after a missing person's call was made. They found her partially clothed body on the roof of her apartment building in the 300 block of West Franklin Street in the Mount Vernon neighborhood late Monday morning. According to the sources with knowledge of the investigation, though police are not stating it outright, the implication appears that it to be that she was raped before she was murdered. Cops said Tuesday an arrest warrant has been issued for Jason Dean Billingsley, 32, on third-degree murder and additional charges. Officials warned that the suspect should be considered armed and dangerous. The individual will kill and he will assault Baltimore Police Commissioner Richard Worley warned at news conference he will do anything he can do to cause harm. We implore residents to stay aware of the surroundings of all times. Okay. In 2015, Billingsley was sentenced to 30 years in prison with 16 years suspended after he pled guilty to first-degree sex offense. Court records show he was released early from prison under George Soros-funded state's attorney Marilyn Mosby. The Baltimore Banner reported citing Parole Commission Chairman David R. Blumberg. These two need to be sued. The State Corrections Department lists Billingsley as a registered sex offender who lives in the 1500 block of Baker Street in the Sandtown, Westchester neighborhood of West Baltimore, the news outlet noted. According to the department, he was released on October 5th, 2022, and is listed as non-compliant, though it is unclear why. Authorities said the suspect is six foot one and 200 to 215 pounds. He has a medium brown skin, dark brown hair, and brown eyes, and he occasionally wears glasses. Meanwhile, Baltimore Mayor Brandon Scott said Billingsley should not have been free. There is no way in hell that he should have been out on the street, Scott said. When the police got out and do their job, as they did in this case, the state's attorney goes out and does their work, gets a conviction. The conviction should be the conviction. We are tired of talking about the same people committing the same kind of crimes over and over again. Forbes named LaPierre to its 2023 30-under-30 30 30 list of social impact. With over $4 million raised and a team of nearly 30, and John Hopkins grad runs a company whose clients include Aspen Institute, Meta, the WXR Fund, and T.R. Rowe Price Foundation, the business magazine wrote. LaPierre touted her anti-racist bona fides on her our Instagram, Ecomap Technologies, and Stand Against Systematic Racism, Bigotry, and a Police State that Criminalizes Black Bodies, LaPere wrote. We stand in support of the Black Lives Matter movement, and now and always we commit to being anti-racist in all aspects of what we do. We encourage all other startups to speak out and do the same. Our company uses technology to digitize ecosystems, ensuring anyone can easily access the information they need. In a post last month, the victim said she was especially thrilled about the company's growth, and she thanked Ecomap customers, advisors, 
investors and friends. Here's to the next wild year and all those to follow, she wrote. Homicide detectives question why Billingsley was freed from 2015 imprisonment. Apart from the 2015 sex offense charge against Billingsley, he was convicted of first-degree assault in violation of a probation in 2009, which carried a sentence of five and three years, respectively. Former Washington, D.C. homicide detective Ted Williams told Fox News Digital he would have never been given a recommendation for the suspect to be paroled. Williams wonders why Billingsley was released. My recommendation would be would have been absolutely under no circumstances looking and given the record of this individual and that this individual should have been back, should never have been back on the streets of Baltimore, he said. Williams added that there needs to be an extensive investigation into how Billingsley was released from prison on parole. It is without a doubt that somebody or bodies in Baltimore have what I defined as blood on their hands by permitting this violent criminal to be released and back on the streets of Baltimore, Williams said. There is blood on these people's hands. Anyone that was in charge of parole board and they let him be free, they need to be sued and prison time. They need to do prison time because this is disgusting. And as I said before, Republicans are not friends to society and neither are the Democrats. Okay, now Ms. LaPera may have thought she was doing good standing with Black Lives Matter. But I am sorry, um, Black Lives Matter is a socialist organization, Marxist, okay? They are corrupt to the core, and they are not for the good of black people, okay? All the money that was given to Black Lives Matter, it was spent on getting big-time houses and, you know, and other uh, getaway places that they invested in. Patrice Cullors lives in a gated community now. I wonder if she's going to give any condolences to the family of LaPere because she supported them. But this is what happens when, you, you know, when the Democrats are in power. Okay? They want these types of animals on the streets to give black people a bad name. And it's working, unfortunately. It is working. All right, on to the next news. We're going to be talking about immigration again. We're going to be talking about what's going on in Oakland, Michigan, due to these illegal immigrants coming over here. Let's talk about that. Fair use, by the way. Fair use. Take a look, everyone, at this story that is happening right now. This is a big deal, possible game changer in the way people are thinking about the southern border. According to the Oakland County, Michigan sheriff, there are gangs of people targeting homes and burglaries. The gangs, they're from South America. The sheriff calling for stricter border enforcement. People want to say, oh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with having these illegal migrants over here. Like I said before, some of them come from gangs. And they're going to bring trouble over here. 
Look what they're doing. Because he says gangs from South America are coming to Michigan, breaking into homes, a lot of homes, stealing a lot of cash and jewelry and items. So where are these people coming from? According to Sheriff Michael Bouchard, they are coming from Chile, Colombia, Bolivia, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Honduras, and Venezuela. He's calling them transnational gangs, and they are here in Michigan. And get this, he says they are across the country. Why aren't you hearing about this on the nightly news or CNN or MSNBC? That's a good question. Why aren't we hearing this on mainstream media? Because they don't want you to know about this. Okay? And when they do want you to know about this, it will be too late. Just like some other things I will want to talk about, but uh can't. You know, it happened a couple of years ago. Let's just say what we found out. Now it's too late. Let's get into more about this, though. Hold on a minute. One second. Where is it? Yep, 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 yep. See what the sheriff has to say about this. International gangs. Let's get into that. Yep. Fair use. Up to a series of burglaries at high-end homes around Oakland County. Police believe an international crime ring out of South America is behind it all, looking for high-priced goods that can be flipped for cash. 7 Action News reporter Kimberly Craig has the story now from Bloomfield Township. Police say these thieves are striking at night or in the early evening, and they're after cash, jewelry, and even expensive handbags. It looks like they're coming with very clear intent to get in, get as much as they can to get out. A number of police agencies in Oakland County and Wayne County are on high alert for thieves targeting luxury homes to break in when no one is home and snatching up expensive items. They seem to be increasing. Saturday night, a house in Bloomfield Hills was targeted. The thieves used a neighbor's ladder to get in while the homeowner was away. And in the last few weeks, the thieves also targeted two houses in Bloomfield Township. Certainly it's been very, very unsettling. I mean, we haven't had an incident like this or back-to-back -back incidents in, in 23 years. Raj lives in one of the neighborhoods targeted by the thieves that a source says are believed to be tied to an international crime ring out of Chile. It normally is a very, very safe neighborhood, but uh, you know, we've seen a lot of resident activism now. Raj says he and his neighbors are getting involved in watching out for each other, increasing security, and being on alert. If you have an alarm, set it when you're home or away. Um, make yourself less likely to be a victim. Oakland County Sheriff Michael Bouchard says they're urging residents to make sure doors and windows are locked. It looks like it's a lot of opportunistic kind of behavior, so that they may go around the back of a house, uh, maybe break a window, see if an alarm goes off, see if any lights come on. Thankfully, no one has been harmed, but if you have information that could help investigators, contact the Oakland County Sheriff's Office or your local police department. Wild, bro. Wild. It's insane, man.
I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Transnational gangs from South America are behind the high end burglaries in Oakland County. Imagine if these people are in New York City. The crime. There's also reports is that they're having these migrants being deputized, given police powers to arrest American citizens. Did you hear what I said? They're also having the powers to, you know, being able to join the police department. I'm not joking here. I am not joking here. All right. Let me just let him let him say it. On the face of it, you hear international organized crime might be behind a rash of thefts from high-end homes in Oakland County. At least you you see something, say something. Gangs. The Oakland County Sheriff, Michael Bouchard, says are coming primarily from South America, basically casing and targeting high-end homes and neighborhoods, grabbing cash, jewelry, watches, precious metals, high-end purses and electronics. We estimate there are crews and operations all across the country in a pretty substantial number. Bouchard says the perps are getting into the country one of two ways, illegally crossing the visa waiver program and, well, outstaying their welcome and committing these crimes. Oftentimes they, and they says there have been eight to 11 that fit gangs talk about possibly pointing the finger through the politics to secure the America is getting crushed with fentanyl, human trafficking, terrorist activity that is and obviously now attacking county, secure the border, fix the immigration system, do your damn job. They're not gonna do it. They're not gonna do it, man. That's just part of the plan. It's part of the plan to do what their masters tell them to do. It's to break the country. All right, to break the country. How many of you have heard of artificial intelligence taking over the driving industry? Basically, um, self-driving trucks. Let's take a look. They belong to Aurora, a self-driving technology company hoping to launch with no one in the cab by next year. Today, if you want to take strawberries from California to Dallas, it takes about three days. With the Aurora driver, you'll be able to do that in about 24 hours. Self-driving trucks can see better, they can see further, they're not getting tired, they can operate 24 seven. That means that a truck that could normally do 450 or 500 miles a day could do 1,000 to 1,100 miles a day. That significantly increases the profitability of running that truck. The introduction of autonomy in trucking could have a major impact on the industry. Our economy.
economy runs on the trucking industry. As the industry says, if you bought it, a truck brought it. It's a huge ecosystem with over like a trillion dollar of spend just in the US. The pandemic highlighted the importance of supply chain and demand has only continued to climb. A goods movement probably doubled over the last three years and the whole industry has been sort of racing to have enough capacity CNBC went behind the scenes with Aurora to see its self-driving operation in Texas. We've driven right around about a half million miles, pulling loads for customers. I think we're over 1,800 trailers delivered. It has been a challenging road for self-driving trucks, with several startups throwing in the towel. The technology has taken far longer to realize than initially anticipated. And even as driverless cars hit the roads, it is yet to be seen how well they'll function in the wild. Across the industry, many folks expect that it will take a couple of years before we'll even see point-to-point -point deliveries uh, without the help of engineering talent. My thing is this, right? Who's to say the military's not behind this and the fact that, you know, they can control what parts of the country they will that will be fed and what parts will starve that's what i want to know who's to say that i think it's tremendous opportunities for driver assist and improved safety less driver fatigue but i cannot see eighty thousand pound trucks in my lifetime running up and down the road just as harmless gentle giants you can get a ride in a self-driving vehicle in San Francisco. You can get one in Phoenix. It's amazing how they want this technology, but they're not thinking about how we have unemployment and you are hurting people. You're putting more people out of work. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the World Economic Forum is behind this. We're on the road pulling loads for customers every day. This will be the next transformation in that space, and it's going to make it easier to get around, it's going to make it safer to get around. Aurora was founded in 2017 by several self-driving industry experts. Sterling Anderson, who previously headed test autopilot division, Drew Bagnell, who led perception and autonomy at Uber, and Chris Ermson, who helped start and led Waymo at Google. We're on the mission to deliver the benefits of self-driving technology safely, quickly, and broadly. In 2020, it acquired Uber's self-driving unit and received a $400 million investment in exchange for 26% of the combined company. Aurora plans to work together with Uber for ride-hailing of its self-driving cars. Uber and Dara, they want to focus on building the network. How do you connect people with the, the means to get where they want to go? We want to focus on building the driver. And so for both of us, as we talked about the deal, it just made too much sense not to do. The following year, Aurora went public through a SPAC, raising $2 billion. The company spent the first few years working on autonomy for cars, but had its eye on trucking as well. Cars are a lot easier to operate, but we knew that the software and the system was ultimately gonna to have to work on trucks as well. We saw that as a huge opportunity. And so we designed that in. 
Aurora says its autonomous system will bring a number of advantages over a human driver behind the wheel. It'll improve fuel efficiency by driving at 65 miles an hour versus 75 miles an hour. It'll also put people, more people on the unemployment line as well. Well, how come the interviewers aren't asking really hard questions? What is with these softball questions? Something like 20, 25% improvement in fuel economy. It doesn't get distracted. It doesn't get tired. There's huge safety benefits. There's about half a million accidents a year that trucks are involved in. And we think we can reduce that dramatically. From a consistency of reliability perspective, I think it will help kind of deliver a more consistent service. We're expecting to be able to kind of get a level of utilization out of the vehicle that we just don't see today in, tr in traditional transportation. The company plans to offer its autonomous truck system as a subscription. If you're FedEx, for example, you'll call a Packard and you'll say, I'd like to buy a Peterbilt 579, which is one of these trucks, and I'd like to buy it with the Aurora driver installed on it. We expect the Aurora driver to cost comparable to what a human driver costs. This is one of our self-driving trucks over here. It's got a... Here's something. Can they guarantee that sucker won't get hacked? We're in a war right now. You sure it won't be hacked by Russia? Possibly Ukraine? Let's say Congress says, you know what? I'm tired of giving money to Ukraine. We're done with Ukraine. And Zelensky can't get any bright ideas and have one of his, one of his men hack Aurora to cause havoc in America as retaliation? No. How come they're not asking questions like that? I'm just saying. Combination of lasers, radar, and camera that allow it to see the world. If you look up at the top here, the kind of oval-looking thing in the middle, that's our proprietary first light LIDAR. That allows us to see out on the road further than anyone else can. We can see 400 plus meters. Aurora says its self-driving trucks are feature complete and are now undergoing testing to refine the software. I don't know, man. I wonder if this is what Biden was talking about, like creating jobs. Sounds like you're taking away. Sounds like Biden is allowing jobs to be taken away with AI. No restrictions on, you know, AI that is going to take away jobs from people, taking food out of people's mouths. Anyway, let's talk about this uh, new disease like that's like COVID that's on the horizon. Let's talk about that. Fair use. Well, a team of scientists from China's Wuhan Institute of Virology have warned that another virus outbreak is highly likely. The team comprises one of China's best-known virologists, She Zhengli, and her colleagues. The recent paper warns that the world must be prepared for another disease like COVID-19. It says if COVID-19 has caused diseases to emerge before, there is a high chance that they will cause future outbreaks. Remember, the 2003 SARS outbreak as well as the COVID-19 pandemic were both caused by coronaviruses. Zheng Li's study now evaluates the human spillover risk of 40 coronavirus species. Half of them are rated as highly risky and six are already known to have caused diseases that infect humans. The team has also identified quick and sensitive testing tools that could be used to actively monitor these high-risk viruses. 
Four scientists from the country's Center for Disease Control and Prevention has said that this would help speed up the process of testing and developing vaccines in future public health crises. He also pointed out that there is a desire to move away from the pandemic subject and a lack of conversations about how we can better be prepared in the future. He said the Chinese authorities are downplaying COVID-19 and some cities have stopped releasing infection data as well. Remember, That's not good. It's not good. The country needs to be on the alert on how to protect themselves from the new COVID pandemic. Zheng Li, also known as bat women, owing to a research into viruses that leap from animals, especially bats. Her work at the Wuhan Institute finds itself amid heightened sensitivities due to suspicions that COVID-19 originated from an accidental leak in the Institute's lab. Well, let me know what you think about that in the comments. What are your thoughts on that? Okay. But uh, let's talk about this Neuralink. Let's talk about that. Elon Musk Neuralink tests for the brain chip. You guys comfortable with that? And paralysis patients. Fair use, fair use. Elon Musk's controversial Neuralink is ready to test its brain chip implant on humans. Musk announced that Neuralink has received approval from an independent review board to begin recruitment for the first human trial of its brain implant for paralysis patients. Launched back in 2016, Neuralink got the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's approval for human trials earlier this year. And now the brain implant company has obtained approval from an independent review board as well. Neuralink can now start its recruitment process for the inaugural human trial of its brain implant chip. Ever since its launch, Neuralink has faced intense scrutiny over alleged animal cruelty, safety hazards, and over-ambitious claims. Musk claims the brain chip interface will one day restore mobility in cases of severe spinal injury, cure Parkinson's, and keep humans relevant in a world dominated by artificial intelligence. And according to me, reports patients with paralysis due to cervical spinal cord injury or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis may qualify for the trial. The company has not disclosed how many people will be enrolled in the trial. The initial goal of Neuralink is to grant paralyzed patients the ability to control a computer cursor or a keyboard using their thoughts. Neuralink researchers will use a robot to surgically place the implant in a part of the brain that controls movement. The trial is expected to take six years to complete, and according to experts, even if the Neuralink chip proves to be safe for human use, it would still potentially take more than a decade for the startup to secure commercial use clearance for it. I don't know, man. <clears throat> to do this, you're kind of putting yourself in another person's hands. I mean, like again, with all this artificial intelligence, who is the source for all this control? And who's to say when you do this, all right, that you have your own control, that it's not going to come back on you and you're not going to be made a slave to the government.
I mean, this is the same person that worked with Ukraine. Okay. To give them Starlink for their weapon systems. Elon Musk works with, you know, has been buddy buddy with Klaus Schwab with the World Economic Forum. So you may be able to walk again. But are you, are, do you keep your autonomy? That's the thing that is the million dollar question. All right. That is something that is not uh, put up, put out there. Okay. But um, let's talk about this weird story right now I have with uh, Putin. Okay. Putin eases entry rules for Ukrainians. Why would you do that when you're at a war with Ukraine? I don't know. The decree signed by the Russian president allows the country's citizens to enter on the basis of expired national passports. Ukrainian citizens will now be able to enter Russia even if their national passports have expired. A new decree signed by President Vladimir Putin stipulates Moscow and Kiev ratified a visa-free travel agreement back in 1997, with Ukraine refusing to renew it and allowing it to lapse on January 1st, 2023. Moscow, however, chose to unilaterally let Ukrainian nationals cross the border without a visa. The decree, which was approved by the Russian head of state and published on Friday, also lists other alternative forms of ID that will be treated as sufficient for entry. These include an external passport intended for international travel, a diplomatic passport, and special sailor or pilot ID. Children under 16 can cross into Russia with, with only a birth certificate. Additionally, according to the document, Ukrainian citizens can enter the Russian Federation from Ukrainian territory on the basis of documents whose validity has expired. Last week, the European Union Commissioner for the Interna Internal Market Deary Breton told the media that the bloc had welcomed almost 10 million Ukrainian refugees since last February when Russia launched its military operation into the neighboring country. I don't, that's not a smart decision. According to the recent report by Statistica, 1.09 million people have arrived in Germany and 96, not, and I'm sorry, 968,000 in Poland, making them the top destinations in the European Union. The same source, however, estimates that Russia has received the largest number of Ukrainians so far, around 1.27 million. Meanwhile, last January, TASS citing Russian officials reported that more than 5.2 million Ukrainians had crossed over into the country by that time. I this, this is not a smart decision at all. This is the worst decision to make and in a wartime. I don't know what he's thinking. I, I, this is uh, <laughs> this is the worst decision to make. I don't know what Putin is thinking, but um, he's setting himself up to, you know, get taken out because he doesn't know all the faces in the Russian military, and this is an easy way for, you know military Ukrainian officials, soldiers, I'm sorry, 
to just go under the radar and to go into Russia and find a way to slowly but surely find a way to get to Putin. And if they can't hurt him, they'll find a way to do some sort of damage in that country to have all the blame put on Putin for easing travel restrictions for Ukrainians. Not a good idea, man. Not a good idea. All right. So we're going to be talking about uh, how, you know, this illegal immigration, how the migrants are also affecting people in Britain right now. So let's get into that. It's pretty unreal, this story right here, though. Uh, look at this. How disgusting, isn't it? Migrant hotel costs rise to eight. <laughs> Sheesh. Eight million a day. Woo. Eight million a day. To home office figures show. <clears throat> Migrant hotel costs rise to eight million pounds a day. Home office figures show. So migrants living in hotels. Fair use, by the way. Hotels, et cetera, et cetera, and they're still coming in at a rate of knots. It's costing £8 million a day. Now, there's 30 days in a month, usually, except for February. What's 8 times 30? £240 million a month. Work that out over a year. Do you want me to do the maths? 10 months would be £2.4 a year. That's in 10 months. Yeah. And you wonder where all the money's going. It's going on this. And the thing that I can't stand about it, before you get the people saying, you're against foreigners, you're racist. I'm not racist and I'm not against foreigners. But what I am... People are throwing out that, that word racist to the point that it has really no meaning anymore. You have to fight for it to actually have a meaning. Okay? And this is how the powers that be get that way because if you dare try to step up and have some reason regardless of the color of skin of a person's doing wrong or they're not you know illegal migrants don't belong here in the current state of what's going on you're considered a racist that's how they do it i am against is this country is on its knees inflation's gone up people cannot get an operation that are sick but they're spending it on this 240 million a month that could save loads of lives that could put loads of people in housing it could go on far more things like in police on the streets where people might become a bit more safe but instead 240 million a month is going on this it's scandalous and it's going up and up and up it's a couple of billion a year we can't afford to keep doing it this is the problem you wonder why all the services are going down it's because of this he has a point 
People want to laugh or probably say, oh, this doesn't matter. What does this matter to black people? Um, you Do you live in New York State? Do you live in New York, though? Do you live in the U.S., period? Yeah, it matters. The cost of living is going up. Migrants are taking our, are taking jobs. For those of you who, uh, you know, don't have much skills, you know, those of you who are like who are those. I'm not making fun of you at all. They're competing against your job, and the and the the, the thing is, these illegal immigrants have the audacity. Once they get the job, they'll find a way to get into power, and they're going to start being racist and very much tribal. And they do it to the one demographic that is hated the most in America. And that is the African-American. That is the black person. Go look at a, a story in the LA Times about a black man who got harassed and called the N-word by Hispanics who, when he was working in a warehouse. Hmm? Look that up. That's what you're facing. A lot of people ain't seeing the writing on the wall. You're not seeing it. British taxpayers are paying $8 million a day to house migrants in hotels. The huge sum of accommodating asylum workers in hotels was revealed last week in a new Home Office report. The shocking figures show that migrants are now costing taxpayers $8 million per day. Britain's broken asylum system is costing taxpayers more than $3 billion a year in total. The Express reports officials believe using former military sites such as the former home of the dam busters and the barges will slash costs for the taxpayer. A government source said this is why we've got to get the migrants out of the hotels and stop the boats. We're confident our Rwanda scheme, which is awaiting a judgment from the Supreme Court, will break the people smugglers business model. All labor would do is add to the problem by welcoming our fair share of millions of asylum seekers in the European Union every year and make illegal migration legal. The Home Office said in the annual report, we must take action to address the unacceptable costs of housing migrants in hotels, which is costing taxpayers around $8 million a day. The Minister for Immigration has set out the measures we are taking to correct the injustice of the current situation. We have announced the first tranche of sites, which we will set up to provide basic accommodation at scale. The government will use military sites being disposed in of, ex, of, of in Essex, Essex and Lincolnshire. These will be scaled up over the coming months and will collectively provide accommodation to several thousand asylum seekers. Local fears housing migrants at RAF, Scampton, and Lincolnshire could scupper a 300 million regeneration scheme and the government will face West Lindsay District Council in a high court showdown on October 31st. A similar scheme at MDP, Westersfield in Essex, is also facing a legal challenge. West Lindsay District Council has served the Home Office and its contractors with a temporary stop notice after a breach of planning control relating to listed buildings and archaeology on the site. The government's first asylum barge, the Bibby Stockholm, has also been marred with problems since it was moored in Portland, Dorset. Officials delayed moving the first immigrants 
onto vessel amid fire safety concerns and the cohort of 39 men were moved within days after a Legionella outbreak. Home security Sula Braverman on Monday insisted asylum seekers will be moved back onto Bibby Stockholm as soon as possible. Some 464 migrants will eventually be housed on the vessel whilst their applications to stay are processed. The home office believes the barge will be significantly cheaper than the average cost of a 109 per head spent on hotel rooms. This is this is a uh, terrible situation. All right. We have our own problems here when you have military veterans who gave their lives. Okay. For this country. And they get kicked out of hotels and, and illegal immigrants who haven't done a damn thing, but just come over here and demand benefits. Okay. To take food and shelter that is not for them. They didn't go through the proper channels. And you got military veterans suffering from mental illness, PTSD, amputations, drug addictions, and you're putting them on the street. There are people in Ireland right now who are sleeping on the street while Ukrainian refugees sleep in home, sleep in shelters made for the Irish. This is happening happening all over. And it's not right. The people are going to have to learn to fend for themselves because the Democrats and Republicans are in on this scheme. Neither side is your friend. Biden is not your friend. And Trump damn sure ain't your friend. Trump sold out this country. It's the truth. Don't believe me? Check out what I got to say about Trump on Spotify, Hard Talk Radio Live in 4K. That's all I got to say for now. Anything you want to know about this channel it's in the description box if you feel like giving a donation to the Cash App, feel free to do so. Hit the like button so this video could uh so my channel could go through the um the algorithm don't know if i'll be keeping this channel on uh youtube i mean i'm sorry this episode i'll probably be putting it onto uh spotify and or rumble rumble radical thought 791 other than that later mm -hmm.